I V M. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Triangle of Friends. I am Monish, and as always, I am joined by Nishant. On today's episode, we wanted to talk about the trade deadline, the whole drama, and the whole fury of trades that happened. and also the two signings that happened after the trade deadline which were pretty interesting and kind of expected i would say sure the lakers signing at least was expected the net signing not so much but wow that strengthens the net so uh, let's start off with that yeah and drummond to the lakers i think lakers had one weak point i mean apart from the injuries of course and they look looks like they fixed that it is drummond an upgrade over mark gasol i would i would think i know the answer to that but does he really make them like does he elevate them so much that it really makes a difference It does. Um, at this stage, if you play Caruso at the five, he's an upgrade over Mark Gasol. He really is, <laughs> and I mean this in the nicest way. As a Lakers fan, I love the Gasol family, Mama, Papa, <laughs> brother, everyone. But uh, Mark Gasol was a ferocious big man. He just isn't anymore. He just passed. He's passed his prime. That's all it is. Let's not drag it any further than that. But he's not what the Lakers hoped he would be. and i was foolish to hope he would be because plenty of pundits said he is not the same guy like last year in toronto he didn't mm-hmm. look like the same guy that picked up a chip when kawai was around right he is deteriorated mm-hmm. and you'd see a lot of that even now he is not the same level rim protector sure he can shoot some threes but he's not as mobile as he was before so yeah. it's going to take him a while even to get that shot off everything's just slower the mechanics are just it's like watching it in slow motion right so he's he's just not what the lakers need especially that he is a follow up uh, to the departure of dwight howard and and javel mm-hmm. mcgee <clears throat> excuse me so let's look at just the big man department right lakers had uh, kind of in rotation either mcgee or dwight howard mm-hmm. play the five mm-hmm. and they yep. lost both yep. and both did a mighty fine job i might add whenever they were called upon especially in the playoffs right. so then the lakers replaced them with montrez harrell who i love but he is mm-hmm. undersized for his position which means yeah. he's going to come up quite literally short against some of the big men in the in the western conference you talk about gobert you talk about uh jokic just toyed around with him in the western conference yeah. semi finals last season right so so then the lakers need a big big like a traditional big man magasol was brought in for that purpose he didn't quite fit the bill right so they needed to bolster that i understand the lakers are a top heavy team it's not even right. like it's not even a debate it's lebron ad and it's everyone else in that team they lost danny green sure they lost avery bradley but they didn't have bradley for the playoffs either last season right and they they replaced them with dennis schroder who straight mm-hmm. up a starting point guard who can run the ball when lebron's not on the court you can mm-hmm. get his own shot and he's one of the most tenacious defenders in the league so they upgraded there for sure the big man is where they where they came up short Dwight Howard plus Javale McGee. That's a lot of rebounds and rim protection that you're giving up. Right. Uh, so Gasol was a liability. Drummond is several leagues above Gasol right now. He's the best rebounder in the league by far, and he's yeah. an above-average rim protector. And he takes away all of that duty from Anthony Davis, who can then come back and continue to play the four without bumping bodies with Embiid and the likes. whenever it is right. that they meet them nba finals or whatever else it's a huge upgrade they have upgraded big time in rebounds they have upgraded mm-hmm. in rim protection but my belief is the biggest upgrade is they've given an elite player 
to guard and cover Anthony Davis and keep him free of all of that dirty work. Especially coming off of an injury. Yeah. So that's a yeah, so that's a that's a big move for the Lakers. I love that trade. So that's signing. Do you rate this signing over the other big trade that happened? Or the other big signing that happened about uh, Lamarcus Aldridge going to the Nets? And I think that's a huge upgrade because the one place that the Nets lacked was also the big man. The number five was almost non-existent. DeAndre Jordan kind of playing like his former self in the past few weeks, but he was way past his prime, like Marcus. Sure. Now, Aldridge was a starter for the Spurs at the start of the season. He played a lot of games. So, he is still... At a great, good level, obviously not at his peak, but I think yeah. he's still at a good level. He adds a lot of value to the net. Do you think that's a bigger upgrade than the Drummond piece? It's not even close. Uh, uh-huh. Drummond is is a starting big man in the league, and mm-hmm. for years now he's been the best rebounding big man in the league. For years, it's not. He's a twenty and fifteen guy in his sleep. It's not even mm-hmm. close. Aldridge at his best is a ferocious offensive option and a pretty good defensive option. Aldridge is not at his best. Both him and Blake Griffin are good side pieces to have. I still mm-hmm. think Brooklyn Nets are ferocious. I think they they should be the favorites to win the title. And that was even before they got Blake Griffin and and Aldridge. They they're both nice pieces, but they're both both well past their prime. I don't think uh, it's nice to bolster your DeAndre Jordan with a Blake Griffin and a and an Aldridge. But I don't know if, if people have noticed, DeAndre Jordan got quite a bit better. He started off quite shaky, didn't quite fit into the system. And then eventually he grew into that 12 and yeah. 15 points a night, 10 rebounds a night kind of player. So he should, in my opinion, he should still be their starting option. Blake right. Griffin and Aldridge are both nice pick and roll options to have mm-hmm. in different ways. Blake Griffin is great at the rim. Aldridge has an elite mid-range game. He probably still does. And he can shoot from the outside here and there. The, these are nice pieces to have, but it's not a game changer by any stretch. Their game changers are their big three. They still are, and they've been as good as ever. If they can get Kevin Durant back fit, it. Anyone who rates Blake Griffin and Aldridge signings as like this is a big time deal, this elevates it. No, it doesn't. It makes them marginally better. It doesn't elevate them. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they needed elevation. They were already head and shoulders above most teams in the league. So this is a nice backup to have. It reminds me of the Lakers that lost to the Pistons in 04. On paper, they signed Gary Payton, one of the best point guards to ever play, especially on defense. And they signed Carl Malone, one of the greatest power forwards ever. If not for Jordan, he'd probably have two rings. Twice he lost to the Bulls in the finals, right? Right. They got both of these guys and everyone just lost it. On paper, what a team, right? Gary Payton, Kobe Bryant, whoever plays at the three on the wing. Devin George or whoever else they play. Carl Malone and Shaq. Except it wasn't the Ka- uh, Gary Payton from the 90s. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the Carl Malone from the 90s. They were well past their prime, late 30s. And that's how I view Blake Griffin right. and Aldridge. So I don't think they're the game changers, but they're nice pieces to have. Amongst the other contenders, I mean, and I'll give you a few options here. The 76ers adding their point guard, George Hill. Uh, the Clippers adding another point guard, Rondo. The Nuggets upgrading big time with Aaron Gordon and Mendy. Yeah. And the Miami Heat upgrading big time with Victor Oladipo and keeping all of their young uh, folks in, in the right. squad itself. Which among these four teams do you think had the best uh, transfer day uh, the transfer day or the trade deadline day, you could call it? I'd have to say the Nuggets, for sure. Because 
uh, start of the season, we expected them to be right up there, right in the West. In fact, right. I remember we picked them over the Jazz initially. Yep. Yep. Largely because we 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 thought Mike Conley was done last season. He looked washed up. Yep. Uh, we thought Mitchell and Gobert, and mm-hmm. and Bogdanovich. We didn't know what to expect. And Jordan Clarkson. Who would have seen that coming? All yep. of these things changed, and of course, elevated the Jazz. But we thought the Nuggets were there, despite losing Jeremy Grant and that defense. They were there. They had Jamal yep. Murray. They had Michael Porter Jr. They had Joker, of course, and Gary Harris, who's a decent three and D. And they had some Facundo, blah blah blah. What is their biggest drawback, the Nuggets? You know they've got offense. When you've got Jokic, yep. they've got offense. Defense, they were so heavily reliant on Jeremy Grant, especially right. in the postseason, right? Right. They they played the Lakers in the finals. Who was guarding LeBron? Grant. They played the Clippers. Who was guarding Kawhi? Jeremy Grant. So they lost yep. Gr- Jeremy Grant, who bet on himself went to Detroit, and might I say he proved himself right, but the uh, Nuggets still lost him. In Aaron Gordon, they get a better scorer by far than Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. They're a pretty good defender. Maybe he's not as good as Jeremy Grant, but he's not way off. So right. you're looking at an already top three, top four-ish team that could viably gun for a top two shot in the West if they keep this going. Mm-hmm. Who strengthened their offense big time and bolstered their defense, which was their only real weakness, honestly. Right. So, so by far they won it. Oladipo, I, I, we spoke about this trade before it happened, and I said I wasn't wild about Miami getting it. I don't see where they fit him in. Mm-hmm. It's just like we're not very sure of our team, so let's just throw more resources at it. That's a startup approach to problem solving. <laughs> you've not diagnosed the problem. You're not quite sure how to solve it. But your best thing is let's just take high quality resources and chuck them at the problem, and they'll figure it out. No, they won't. So I don't see how Oladipo quite fits in. Somebody's going to suffer. And if Oladipo comes in at the expense of Robinson, Nunn, Dragic, Hero, wherever they slot him in, or Butler, I don't mm-hmm. see how he makes them markedly better than they were before. It's a nice piece right. to have. It's great. Amazing rotation. But it doesn't elevate them the way Aaron Gordon elevates the Nuggets. So for me, I- the Nuggets won the trade deadline. I think I have to agree. I think for the exact same reason that you said that the Nuggets became substantially better than what the Miami Heat became. And so I think Nuggets would have to be my winners for the trade deadline. And I think also the Chicago Bulls who got Vucevic to add as a side piece for Zach Levine. I think that's an immense trade for them. If not this season, I think next season they'll be a team to contend with. Uh, Not really for the title, but I think they'll be a pain for everyone who faces them. But That's all I have for today. I think we're running out of time. But we'll come back and analyze some of these trades. We'll have to look at the Kyle Lowry drama that unfolded on the final day of the trade deadline. That was intense with three teams chasing him. We'll come come back and talk about that. But that's all for today. Uh, Super fun talking to you. And back to the games from tonight. All right, man. Take care. I just just want to put in that I'm gutted. Um, (laughs) I really feel for Drake who FaceTimed Kyle Lowry. And a bunch of teenagers lost their shit. Because Drake's time is worth money. Time is money, man. And well, Laurie's there. I think to be <laughs> to be fair, um, they they're not in Toronto right now. They're in Tampa. So the mm-hmm. home crowd connection is kind of the weak. Uh-huh. And, and honestly, I think Laurie would still be gone in the in the postseason. Okay. I, yeah, I post-season. think that's yeah. Because they've they've got to build, they've got to move on. 
Yep. And Laurie still has a year or two to give. So there will be teams interested. I think it's a win-win for both parties. And given his loyalty to Toronto, I'm sure they'll do everything they can to not just trade him away, but to send him where he wants to go and find a place yep. that, that he would benefit from. Um, I think Kyle Lowry's earned that respect in Toronto. So that's still, I, I still think that's on the cards. But uh, I actually respect the Raptors that they didn't go about this in a hurry. Like right. they didn't settle for a subpar offer. I, I respect right. Masayu Jiri and the whole organization for that. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk more about this tomorrow. All right then, see you. Peace. Thank you.